Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. We are in the second chapter of the book of Genesis and verse 7. This is a compelling verse that we can use to refute biological evolution. The most popular way our secular culture defines the origin of human life. Given that, we want to be sure we understand these words. And last time we covered what is the meaning of the first part of the verse. Let me read it. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. We talked about the Lord God forming man of dust from the ground. Man is made from dust. Let me just add one scripture today that I did not have time to give last time. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 47, writes, The first man is from the earth, earthy. Isn't that great? 1 Corinthians 15, 47, The first man is from the earth, earthy. Get that in your notes from last time. Next to Genesis 2, 7, write, 1 Corinthians 15.47 in the margin of your Bible or on the notes section of your Bible app. From the earth, the ground, the dust, God makes man and then he breathes life into man. And so now let's take up this next word, breathed. The Bible says God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. Breathed. Here I am picking up on the work of Bible commentator Derek Kidner in his handy commentary on Genesis. I want to give you this Kidner quotation twice so it sinks in and then draw upon the insight he gives us. Kidner writes, Breathed is warmly personal, with the face-to-face intimacy of a kiss and the significance that this was an act of giving as well as making and self-giving at that. Derek Kidner is writing about what God does by breathing life into man, and again he says, Breathed is warmly personal, with the face-to-face intimacy of a kiss, and the significance that this was an act of giving as well as making, and self-giving at that. The point he makes is that God is giving of himself to Adam. Along these lines, he makes reference to what Jesus says to and does for the disciples in John's Gospel, chapter 20, and verses 21 and 22. I'll read that for you, John 20, 21 and 22. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when Jesus had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Kidner states, Jesus bestows the Holy Spirit as the animating breath of the new creation, the church. Even at our making, then, the pattern God so loved that he gave is already visible. End quote. I find this insight stimulating. 
When God breathes into the very first man life, God gave. This was an act of giving as well as making. God is self-giving. God gives of himself to man. We know John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And we can also apply the God so loved that he gave to Genesis 2 verse 7 and the making of man. Where does the breath man requires to live come from? The breath comes from God. The Lord God has formed man. He made man of dust from the ground. So in our mind's eye, we see the first man standing before God, or maybe he is lying before God. That man is fully formed, perfectly created, structured. His whole body has been put together. He has the entire respiratory system. The man has a mouth, a nose, nostrils, sinuses, a throat, the pharynx, the trachea, bronchial tubes, and of course, lungs. He has the diaphragm and the ribs and a whole host of other body parts necessary for breathing. Breathing is actually complex and affects all parts of the body. And the man before God has all the other internal and external physical organs. But the man does not have life. He does not have life because he does not have breath. This man is incapable of producing breath on his own. He needs to acquire breath from someone other than himself. And that someone, notice no other person exists, that someone is the Lord God. The man requires God to give him breath and life. Let me quote from Henry M. Morris and his book, The Genesis Record. Man's body had been completely formed, but was lifeless. He must be energized. The breathing mechanism must be activated. The heart must start to pump and circulate the blood and all the metabolic functions must begin their operations. But life can only come from life, and the living God is the only self-existent being, so it must ultimately come from Him. Especially to stress the unique relationship of human life to the divine life, this scripture verse tells us that God Himself directly imparted life and breath to man. Well, that's Dr. Morris on this key verse. I really like how he emphasized this. Life can only come from life. This is so true. Without God, this first man has no breath and no life, even though his body is made. But with God, breathing into his nostrils the breath of life, man lives. Man's body instantaneously begins to function. The gift of life. Well, life is always a gift, pure gift from the creator to the creature. This should cause us to reflect on our own lives. Are you glad to be alive? Well, then all praise and thanks for breath and life goes to the Lord God. Friends, without God giving us breath and life, we will die. We are all totally dependent on God. And even just halfway through Genesis 2-7, I hope you are making the connection. 
seeing the relevance this verse has for a biblical worldview on human origin. This is another scripture that deals a death blow to biological evolution. When we trust the Word of God, when we build our foundation on it, then we are at liberty to use His Word in a competent and winsome manner in our conversations with those who accept and argue from evolution. The evolutionist says we evolved from animals. Not so. Have you thought of this, what we just read? God breathing life into man. God did not do this for the animals. He only did it for the human person. God does not start with an animal and evolve him or her into man or woman. No, God starts with creating animals and then separately creates man and woman. And the way he creates is different between people and animals. Again, Genesis helps us see why evolution is a corrupt way of thinking with no basis in the Bible. Let me build on this and be sure and point out that first, God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. Then second, man became a living being. Man does not become a living being until God breathes life into him. Again, this is different from the animals. In the Genesis account, the animals were made before man and woman, and the animals were created as living beings or living creatures. When man was created, he was not a living being or a living creature until God breathed life into him. As usual, I want to show you this in the Bible. A lot of times I hear preachers say, God says... Or, the Bible says, but they never show us where in the text it says what they say the text is saying. Well, perhaps this should not upset me so much. I may have more time, or I may take more time than they have, or want to with the actual scripture. Anyway, here on God Is, this is what we do. Go back with me in your Bible to Genesis 1 verse 20. I'm reading at Genesis chapter 1 and verse 20. Then God said, Let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. You heard me read there the term living creatures. This is the first time in the Bible the term living or life is used, and the Hebrew word used is nefesh. The word nefesh means life, and it also means soul. Here it is used for living. This term in the Hebrew language is used to describe the soul of man and woman and the soul of the animals, as here in Genesis 1, verse 20. People and animals have something in common, say as opposed to plants. Plants do not have nefesh. According to Genesis, plants are not considered alive or having real life. I say this with apologies to those of you who talk to your plants or flowers. Isn't it King Charles who does that? Well, maybe that's just a rumor, like him demanding his own toilet seat be taken with him on trips. 
Anyway, plants do not have life in the same way you and your dog have life. That's what the Bible teaches. And my time is up, so we will pick up on this significant Hebrew word next time. Come along with us as we continue to discover in the Bible who God is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.